and this is Neve Bushnell of Tech Ireland and I'm here talking to Ronan Percival, the CEO and founder of Forest Soft Salon Software. And uh, in typical when Neve meets Ronan style, uh, we started the conversation about 15 minutes ago, so half the interview <laughs> is already over before we start recording. But that's all good. We have so many things to talk about. So Ronan, thank you so much for being here, yeah. first of all. Thanks, Neve, for asking me on. Looking forward to it. So uh, when I met you downstairs, uh, I congratulated you on your 20 million funding round that was announced about five weeks ago. So that, I mean, we did meet Mm. a couple of months before that uh, when I gave you your Tech Ireland book because Forrest was an early supporter Mm. of Tech Ireland with some funding, which we really appreciated. Um, But uh, I was dying to to meet up with you to have this chat about Mm. the the 20 million, the big 2.0. Mm. So tell me all about um, how that happened, I guess, and how yeah. it feels. And maybe I'll interrupt you every now and then with a question. Um, so there, yeah, there's two kind of parts to that, I suppose. One is is how it came about, and then I'll deal with the, the how it feels bit in a bit. Yeah. Uh, the, how it came about really was we'd done a, we'd been bootstrapped for many years. Um, up until 2011 and then we, we'd done one funding round in our entire existence and we've been around 14 years and we'd only done one funding round and it was a seed round of about a million euros um, here in Ireland here in Ireland and we'd been supported by in that there was a fund co- from Enterprise Equity uh, who kind of seed capital institutional investor in Ireland and also a syndicate of angels from the H-Band group and a EI as well obviously uh, as every investment is in Ireland, but um, so though though uh, and those guys had come on board and they had really helped. Like the business had become a lot better structured. Our chairman had come out of that angel syndicate, a guy called Pat Garvey. He brought yep. a huge amount to Forest, um, and the company you know went from you know like maybe a million euro turnover and not growing that fast, maybe only growing ten percent a year to you know we're at thirteen million now and growing forty percent annually so like a totally different business yeah and they that definitely played a big part in that but at the same time um it was really important for us that we stay in control of forest we have this idea we're building an evergreen company um it's majority controlled by myself and the employees we wanted to maintain that all the time um, and have a shot at building you know a company that can last for generations um, and certainly, in my, you know, I want to work on this for my career and then somebody else will work on it beyond that. So for decades and decades. So to do that, um, that's tricky when you raise money because the investors aren't around for 50 years. They're only really around for seven years right. or 10 maybe tops. For the next event. Exactly. And so the event wasn't coming. And um, the, yeah, so starting to get, you know, some of the angels were like, you know, well, when is this event going to happen? And totally, like, totally fair enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, you know, they hadn't signed up forever. Yeah. And uh, and then the the fund as well was had gone end of life, so they, you know, they needed um, they needed to start realizing some of those investments. Right. Uh, which again is fair enough. So uh, Forest was but, top of the pile. But we dead. were like, well, yeah, I don't know if we were top of the pile, but like it was certainly, you know. Like we'd grown a lot, so they were going to be making a decent return on it, and uh, they needed to do that. So there was that kind of like, well, we don't want to do anything. We want to just keep doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't need to raise money because you know we're we're we grow within our means or whatever. So so we didn't need to raise money. Yeah, but they you're a very to realize, successful company. Yeah, so we needed to. So we had that 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 kind of 
realization I suppose it dawned on me then <laughs> despite all my articles about you know being evergreen and everything that we were actually going to have to do a funding round mm-hmm. to realize that for them because we couldn't we didn't have I didn't have any money personally and the employees don't have any money have any money personally to actually buy the guys out mm-hmm. so we'd either like take on a huge amount of debt to do that which I don't think the business really we should be putting that pressure on the business right um or we bring on someone else mm-hmm. to basically buy them out um and so that's what we did and we went out to try and find somebody who wasn't going to be another three or five year play so most examples of this is private equity and there's private equity funds there's a few in ireland but like there's a good few in the uk and there's tons in america and um they a lot of them work on a sort of three to five year. It's even smaller than VC. Like it's basically they'll buy you and then try to sell you on in three to five years time for three times what they what you are right today. Flipping uh, basically. Yeah, basically flipping and um, yeah. So we 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 really didn't want that because that would be even worse. Do you know than than where we were, where people were asking us to do something, but they weren't. You know, they they weren't forcing us to, but they, you know, they. It's fair enough. We were going to have like an alignment at the at the board, you know, when some people needed to leave and some people want to stay. We didn't want that. So, yeah. So we basically um we managed to find a couple of funders that were let's call it evergreen or long term funders um that also knew SaaS as well because yeah, like family money technically is evergreen money. You know, there's very wealthy families out there that. You know, it's fifth and sixth generation and the money going on and on. But if they don't really understand SaaS, yeah. kind of, you know, and they might understand property or something, they're not going to really understand your business. There's not, although they may be long-term, there's going to be other problems. Yeah. So trying to find that mix. And we found, uh, particularly we found two, actually. And one was a UK fund who are very good um, and again it was a family fund but they really know their SaaS and they were excellent and we really liked them but then there was this we, this US fund called SGE um, Susquehanna uh, Growth Equity Partners and they were they're based out of Philadelphia but the money comes from you know there's multi-billions in there but it comes from a SaaS business that was bootstrapped initially so it's still 100% owned by these three founders nice it's about 30-40 years old and they, you know, people haven't really heard of it. Mm-hmm. They actually employ 600 people in Dublin, but no one's ever heard of them kind of thing. Wow. So they were really, and they, they like to invest in companies kind of like us as well. So it was a real meeting of, of, of minds. I, did, I had no idea you would have been an investor like this out there. And they know their SaaS unbelievably, but not just that they know SaaS, they only invest really in SaaS. But apart from that, they also know SMB SaaS, which is even more specific. So that's small business SaaS. Yeah. And it, it's actually quite rare you find people in Ireland that really understand small business SaaS. They understand sort of enterprise sales and things like that. Yeah. That's where a lot of the expertise is in Ireland. So you're finding the expertise that, that would actually be useful for Forrest, plus the money, which is long term. Um, it was it was almost too good to be true to be honest with you. So we there was a few people going, are you sure this this is really what they're saying? Do they mean it? But, you know, we did a lot of due diligence, spoke to a lot of their founders and people, you know, investments they've done that have gone wrong, everything to really find out. And uh, it did seem right. And, you know, obviously we're only two months in, but it seems great so far anyway. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So. And and how, so, so you started the company in 2000 and... 
2004. Four, yeah. yeah. You got a small amount of funding in 2011. Mm-hmm. How has the vision of the company changed? Because one of the things mm. that I always think about you, and I think a lot of people certainly who yeah. know you here in Ireland, in the startup scene in Ireland, know that you have very strong values mm-hmm. and very strong beliefs when it comes to how startups can and should work and how you wanted to build forest Mm. you know you had a kind of a strong vision from the start how has that kind of evolved it doesn't sound like your values and your belief system has changed that much even though you have now done this big round of funding yeah so well i I don't a couple of things of this round it says 20 million but um five of that actually went into forest the rest all went out to the old investors so they um they've either left fully in the case of the fund and a few of the angels or and then a bunch of other angels sort of sold half their shares that kind of thing and they've all done really really well and they're all really happy and everything like that but that money's gone you know that money's gone out right it hasn't gone into the company so we've actually left the business in a place where myself and the employees still own the majority or have majority control of the company super and enterprise ireland has stayed in as well which is really important too because they're um because uh, they're kind of supportive, like obviously of, of founders and things like that. So it's left us in a in a better place than we were. Because now we have the investors that did stay that didn't sell out n- know that there may not be another event, so they're happy to go along with that. Right. And then the 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 new guys coming in under the same guys is like you know we're in this for the long run. You know if it's twenty years, twenty years. You know what I mean that kind of thing. So, um, so I think we're really aligned on what we were always about. So yeah. and you're right what we're always about has been the case for a long, long time. Um, I think in many ways it's probably stronger now than it was at the start because these are feelings that you had, but you're not very well able to articulate them. Mm-hmm. Then you start writing blog posts and it starts to make more sense. And, you know, that's that's actually how I feel or that's what we think. So um, we never, I would never have even said the word bootstrapping prior to 2000 10 or 11 even though that's what we've been doing yeah it, it wasn't a concept that i thought about um and then this concept the way we talk about it now is kind of being evergreen and evergreen is a the problem with bootstrapping is you can't take on any investing at all investment at all do you know what i mean yep which is great but we obviously had taken on investment so we're not really bootstrapped do you know what i mean yeah um but it wasn't so much about not taking on investment it was more about being able to go for the long run Mm -hmm. and being in control of your own destiny that's really you know that was what was important and it took us it took you know over 10 years for me to understand that you know what I mean and articulate it we're much clearer about it now and then we've raised you know we've raised money now from these new guys and bought out the guys who who'd been there and helped us on our way and they're off but um now we're kind of set up wanting to go evergreen the investors want that too, you know. Yeah, so your visions are aligned for the I think first we're much, time. Maybe. Much more aligned than we ever would have been. Even in 2011, it was fantastic, but we weren't, you know, they obviously needed a return, and yeah. I was obviously, yeah, I'm going to have to give these guys a return, even though I hadn't thought about what that meant or how yeah. I was going to actually have to deal with it. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, having been through it, I know what, in 10 years' time, it may be, I can't just kick that can down the road. I, I want to be clear about that now, because then everyone stays yeah. clearer yeah it, it sounds obvious in hindsight but mm. i think it's something that's worth kind of like repeating for startups out there mm. if you take funding from an angel group or mm. from vcs they will want an exit right and they yeah. will normally want that exit within a, a relatively short period of time yeah and funnily enough the there is like the only time that they won't want an exit if, if it doesn't work at all do you know what i mean so they like you right. know if it's not working at all everyone lost everything so that's fine 
but it's if you are successful do you know if you're either moderately success moderately successful it's a big problem because you're not gonna there isn't going to be a big exit but there you're being you know you're existing so that there needs to be returned so that can be a trouble and then if you're phenomenally successful then it isn't a problem again because you know yeah the sky is your oyster but like who is phenomenally successful like it's one company every five years do you yeah. know what i mean so so for most people yeah i think people really need to understand that at the start yeah because all the narratives is always around raise money they've raised money brilliant now they're doing well do you know what i mean exactly and, uh, it's not necessarily the case yeah know? it's mm. kind of the classic plan for the long term and mm. every step you take realize what that is doing towards the long term or away mm. from the long term whatever your plan or your vision is right yeah, yeah. um so uh you know evergreen sounds like a, a cool term but when we were talking earlier on uh you know we were talking about how once a company makes a mm. funding round or closes a funding round, that becomes the headline and the takeaway and the, almost the brand of mm. that company for a period of time. And that can be quite frustrating. I mean, even with yeah. Tech Ireland, people just want to look at funding, funding, yeah, funding, yeah. funding. No, and I you even know? do it, even though I give out about it. You know what I mean? That's what I want to read about. Too. That's when it reminds me of companies I haven't heard of for a while. They've done a funding round. Yeah. And I, that was, it was, I was saying that, and I was saying to you earlier, it, it, it's, um, you know, we're trying to build this idea of building an evergreen company, but it was actually like announcing that funding round that made lots of people in the company feel good about the company. You right. know what I mean? Which is, was frustrating in one way, but it was great because they felt great about it and their parents were able to say, oh, that's who you're <laughs> working for. Now I understand what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? And that was good or their neighbor or whoever it was. And so that was a good thing. And, you know, that motivates people. So that's a really great thing. Uh, it's just it was frustrating that that's what it took to you know when you're trying to build an evergreen company for 10-15 years and what it takes is the announcement of a funding round to achieve you know certain things yeah you know, so. and it surprises me <clears throat> to to hear that from you to some extent because what I know of Forrest is you've got such great communications mm. here and you communicate really well with the public not just your public not just mm. your client base but generally with the public you have an identity out there and your videos are used mm. by lots of people and your marketing and mm. you know connor does a lot of stuff you yourself mm. do a lot of stuff so i kind of i'm kind of thinking if the headline that people grab is only funding is it because companies like forest aren't doing enough messaging about other things that are happening in the company but you guys have always kind of done that haven't you yeah well I, th I just think it's look it's just the way the world works it's the world wants like it's like donald trump the world just wants the story now something that's happened this minute and the funding round is that it's like 20 million quid today yeah. you know what i mean whereas like 10 years of slogging it out and making progress all the time feels good when you're doing it but it's not that interesting to read about it in the paper and that's just the way it is you know what i mean so yeah yeah uh, I, I was frustrated about it but now you know now kind of i'm kind of getting to the point now where like that's the way it is and you kind of have to work with what's there but that doesn't mean that um you get sucked into it where you're just like right let's do this and do another funding round in two years time and just go as big as possible which yeah. goes against what we're doing um you know we'll use this for what it is to, to the positives that come from this right. but at the end of the day we're, we're, we're still an evergreen company and we're still intending to do this for decades and decades more and um, this is just a stepping stone to help us do that you know yeah, so, yeah. Uh, how do we make evergreen 
sexier for other companies? Should we and how do we? Yeah, I, 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 when we've, the last few times that we have talked, we, this is sort of idea has come up and uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't know if, uh, I think you just have to keep talking about it and you know, people involved will come around to the idea. Like I definitely noticed people who've worked in, you know, startups that have kind of like blown up really fast, loads of random funding and then gone sideways, which happens a fair bit. Yeah. Um, they like the message really appeals to them because they've gone through it. Yeah. Uh, founders who raise money and then, you know, having trouble with their investors or whatever, they really relate to it when I talk to them, you know, like, so it's, it really relates to people who've been in it. Yeah. And I just don't know if it's possible to to really relate to people who haven't been in it yet you know what I mean like I just I'm not I just it's uh yeah we can keep trying but I I I'm I I wouldn't be massively I just, I just don't know if there's a way of making it sexy because like the way to make it sexier is to have more announcements yeah. about something you know which more is noise. the opposite about what you're trying to do so I I I find yeah I don't know if it's possible. Well, one of the you, things you you know more about this kind of thing. Than well, me, so. I mean, I I don't know, but I talk to a lot of companies. One of the things that you've said before that really makes sense to me as a as a business mm. person who has tried to build yeah. businesses myself, um, the fact that you didn't have funding and that you were bootstrapped for so long for those mm. seven years, right between oh four and 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 twenty eleven meant that the business was growing more slowly, but it also meant that because it was growing slowly, you got to know your customers much more deeply because you had the time, mm. I guess. Like you weren't spinning, spinning, spinning up yeah. like a tornado. You were kind of moving through your paces mm. and learning about your market. And that really does make sense to me that, you know, that yeah. depth of knowledge, that really building that customer profile, that's very, mm. under, like really deep. Mm. And I think that's quite unusual, but my sense is that for mm. companies to be successful in the longer term, that's kind of what's needed. Yeah, that knowledge, it's co- like, it's in the many ways, you know, the, the, the 10,000 hour principle, yeah. it's the same thing in a way. Mm. We did that 10,000 hours, but we had a business to learn it yeah. without somebody on our case. Because we didn't, we only grew ten percent one year or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. would be a failure in startup usually. Yeah. But it was fine because you know we were annoyed, but it was ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so it was, and but we got to learn like it's exactly like that. Yeah, we really got to know know our customer, and that stands to us massively now. Yeah. 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 Um, and I have encouraged like there's a few people that I am you know like that I this is the you know people that I might mentor or what, who are doing SaaS businesses in something similar you know like as in not salons but maybe uh you know it might be like uh garages or something or whatever it is and they're building a SaaS tool and they mightn't have a huge amount of knowledge around that industry yet right and so yeah like they would be you know like and i'd be encouraged you know i'd be encouraging to do whatever it takes for their business but definitely you know keep it as lean at the start as long as possible build up as many clients as you can, you know, build out the product as much as you can without actually having to go near funding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and for some of them, like they're doing that, like they, they may come that they want to raise money faster and that might be the right thing for them to do. But, um, but you can see them learning, you know, as the year or two goes by, they're mm. learning a huge amount without having to pivot. Like, do you know what I mean? Like right. straight away. Cause they're not, you know, they haven't got a hundred new customers. Do you know what I mean? And they only got 20. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they're, their product's getting better, their relationship's getting better, you know, 
they're getting more confident as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? The more, like, because it's great if a person gets confident from achieving the results as opposed to just having a lot of money. Yeah. It'd probably make better decisions. Big time. Yeah, so. And it goes back to the passion mm. to, to do a really good job mm. and to run a really good business that has that, that, that your customers love, that your employees love. Mm. It kind of, mm. you know, those are things that, again, they sound kind of, you know, basic and, and primary, but yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes companies just don't have the time to think about either of those things very much. Yeah, well, definitely don't. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's heavily backed companies that have amazing products as well. You know what I mean? Like, but, yeah, I, I like... In my experience, I think it's, it's uh, yeah, like having, a, I want to come into work today because I'm proud of the product and the, the relationship with clients. Like those, and those things mean more to me than, than say, you know, like having success in terms of funding around or something like that. So it, it definitely suits the people we have in Forest who are kind of being attracted to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, I think that's a competitive advantage in that if they're passionate about doing a good job, you know, it's harder to be beaten, isn't it? Right? Like yeah. it's, it's easier to win, I think. So, yeah. And it's mm. easier to retain staff who are building up their talents. I mean, one of the mm. things we've talked about before is how Forrest has this kind of culture of looking internally when you're mm. making promotions happen and trying to upskill people constantly within the business. Mm. Is, that, is that something that's well, kind of that continuing? Fits, yeah, well, that's, a, that's something we were doing anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and in fact, we have to because in the current environment anyway like that's now a competitive advantage it probably wasn't three four years ago when there was you know it was a lot easier to hire people in dublin say because there was less employment but now you know it's the market's gone crazy again okay and it's great that we have this attitude kind of being built up in the company anyway and all the managers have it and people have it because we need it you know what i mean like yeah. Um, so uh, uh, no. So it's it's really part of it, and also that's a big part. Actually, what I found, and I came late to this, like we were talking about being an evergreen company. There is a sort of evergreen movement out there, in America in particular. Okay. And actually, I'll show you. And I'm leaving here. I just got. They've. I'm signed up to this uh, group called the Evergreen Movement, or and they sent me a magazine there first time, and there's loads of stories from sort of people building evergreen company, and it's all the whole thing is about people. Like it's all about people first you know what I mean people first before profit or before you know yeah anything and actually what happens is the profits come you know because you do that anyway like but it's uh people first and then you'll you uh, and so the way we've thought about our business anyway really when you read what the evergreen companies tend to do is like it's exactly what we were doing anyway so just it feels really right you know? yeah so that's great I must check mm. that out yeah I'll show it to you on the way out yeah What's exciting about your business or even business in mm. general, like mm. now? I mean, I, I hear you're saying, you know, it's more challenging to hire yeah. than it was a couple of years ago because many economies, including our own, are, are booming mm. or they're doing very well. Yeah. But what's, what's exciting that maybe wasn't exciting a couple of years ago? Um, well, it's really like, obviously, technology is more and more part of people's lives therefore there is more opportunities to do lots of different things so from that point of view it's really exciting where we are right now is really exciting too because we've built this let's say platform of thousands and thousands of salons and millions of consumers that are booking appointments in these salons and we've built that as a really solid base with a great product and a great team and everything like that so it's really exciting to go well, where can that go yeah. both in terms of scale there's millions of salons so we can scale this you know 
hundreds of times to what, than what it is today. But also we can go deeper in terms of how we can help our customer who's a salon owner. You know, originally it was just really doing her appointments 15 years ago and now it's it's not only taking care of um all her you know like all her stock control or her ordering all her you know helping her sell more retail in her shop or all those things but also managing all her marketing all her relationships with her clients making sure she's in communication with them in her voice more often you know and basically allowing her to run a business that she'd never really have the time to do normally and there's because she'd be behind a chair as a hairdresser or, or in a room as a beauty therapist usually right. who own the salon. So now we can do all these things for her and give her, you know, allow her to do more and more. And every, every year goes by with new ideas because there's new opportunities. So that's just exciting to do, like, you know, mm. so, so that's fun. And uh, that doesn't seem to be slowing down. So from that point of view, uh, it's exhilarating to be working on it. Um, and there is challenges, obviously, which is like because of this abundant opportunity, there's a, not an abundant source of people. There's right. only a limited number of people in the world. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, you're, you know, obviously the demand for those people is going to go up, which is basically what's happening. And, uh, but I think I still think it take this over the opposite, which is kind of like not as many opportunities, but oh yeah loads of people you know willing to do it i think i'd take this you know what i mean over that and try and figure out that other problem yeah, yeah. big time we did talk about this before we we started the podcast though which mm. is kind of how you know because the economy is doing so well you maybe mm. don't have as many young quality businesses mm. developing as maybe yeah. three or four years ago i i actually don't know tech ireland just started tracking yeah. this stuff like 18 months ago but it's It'd be a great perception, if you, if you were it? to yeah but the, yeah so it's only anecdotal but and it's not just in tech but i know if i just look at capel street here like so the recession hits in 2008 or 9 or whatever loads of businesses close up and the rents drop like massively right and so loads of cool places opened on capel street like Brother Hubbard is the one that everyone knows, but like there's a good few other ones as well, like loads of them. And they all opened up with cheap rent and basically not massive. You know, they could hire good people. People needed work. Right. So they had suddenly had an opportunity to, to do something new. So up to that point, it had been quite stayed, you know, like, the, and so we saw in the last five or six years, like loads of innovation around coffee shops and eating places and all this bars and all this stuff because people you know rents were cheap and you're able to yeah. experiment yeah and then uh, and that's made the place better like that's made around here like from smithfield capel street area such a nicer place to to be to hang out and to do stuff in and to live because of that mm. and i don't know if that would have happened if uh, the recession hadn't kicked in do you know what i mean so that yeah. was a good thing really like that was a positive spin from a bad situation uh but now i'm not seeing that now you know i'm not seeing there's still new places opening up, but I'm not seeing like really in it's not that more as much as innovative as it was five or six years ago. Like yeah. Someone like Brother Hubbard was really innovative. Like there was nothing like that. Everyone's like, why, why is this? And they're able to do that and take a risk. Yeah. But now you kind of, if you're launching a business now, the rent's gone up again, yeah. you have to take less, there's less risk that you can take now. So you're kind of copying what other people are doing or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for so sure. That's just, and I think it's, it's, it's a similar-ish thing, you know, with startups, like there's so much, like it's the idea has done an amazing job but it's probably to me 
the IDA's role in Dublin now, I think, is finished. I think they've like they're being too successful now. I would say, and like that, you know, that's not to diminish the amazing job they did. And yeah. we probably wouldn't have come out of the, like we the recession was worse in Ireland than pretty much anywhere apart from Greece, and we've right. recovered more than anywhere. And people like the IDA play a big role in that. Like you know what I mean. But then there's there's a time for when it's a good thing. But then, job announcements in Dublin now in tech that's not a good thing for the economy anymore overall yeah it's actually a negative because it's going to be taking it from because there's, there isn't enough talent so it's basically going to be taking it either from other tech companies that are already here that are multinational or it's taking it from local companies or it's just pushing up the price for everyone is that good i don't know do you know what i mean like i think it you know that obviously has a huge role to play outside of Dublin where the recovery hasn't been as strong do you know what I mean like yeah. and that's brilliant but it's almost like right Dublin is it's you know hyperventilating here like you know what I mean there's just not even enough apartments anyway for who's in the city right now so there's no point keep chucking in another thousand jobs two thousand jobs in there because you're just actually making it worse you're creating more homelessness you're creating you know it's just not good yeah so it almost should be like well you know when the economy is bad we do that but when the economy is overheating we we should move away from that do you know what i mean yeah yeah but uh agility yeah. is key yeah right? but as, there is the like it's changes. just like you hear it like there's more job announcements at the moment almost on the radio than there right now when we don't need them you know than obviously when we did need them do you know what i mean so yeah i think yeah, uh, like i think that's kind of i don't know how long it'll take people to i haven't heard anyone say that yet but i'd be interested to see when they're like maybe the idea should slow down on that you know yeah because you won't get like it's good it's really hard like what you're having is startups in ireland the developers aren't working for the irish companies they're actually working for the multinationals and then the companies starting here the ones that are getting off the ground there's a good few that i know that are doing well their dev teams aren't in ireland they're like you know they're in serbia or they're in wherever yeah spain or Port, you know yeah. poland obviously yeah. that's where they so like like do you know what i mean that's yeah that's great but yeah i don't know if that is actually what we should be trying to do but, yeah mm. i think um you know one of the things that tech ireland is looking at actually on that is is looking at that multinational startup relationship because we do yeah. have so many great multinationals here and they are doing r d here and they yeah. are hiring developers here so mm. we do have that really deep pool of expertise with developers coming whether they're coming for yeah. startups or, or or whether they're here already for startups or for for um, multinationals but now i think one of our big challenges mm. and, and opportunities in tech ireland is going mm. to be doing some of this work is connecting those two so yeah. that they're i mean it's much harder said than done and we've tried it mm. people have tried it um but we we do need to do that because that's that needs to be yeah, yeah, a new yeah. chapter in the irish story yeah um and you hear people talking about it in other countries as well, but they don't have the same large and deep base of multinationals yeah, as yeah, we yeah. do. So we really yeah, we've need to and like it's ama- and like amazing, and it is the reason that we are the country's doing well now is big, a huge part of it is because of that. Do you know what I mean? So there's yeah. no doubt, it's just yeah, it's kind of just fitting all these things together, like and all of it comes back to housing anyway. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, unless they start going up in the IFC somewhere, just like get rid of these restrictions and just build and build and build apartments and then people can come in you know what i mean and then like more people can come in to fill the jobs that's fine but we you know until they do that like i don't know what is going on there just seems to be so obvious to everybody but nothing happens yeah the housing crisis Mm. needs to be solved for sure but yeah yeah and i think that that affects like so we're gonna you know more we're 
probably opening a place in Belfast and you know we we have to because it's just you know it's just hard to you know people can live buy a house in Belfast yeah on a entry level salary you know right like you haven't been able to do that in Dublin for a long time do you know what I mean yeah. so you can you know that the standard of living is just higher um and you can't you know and I don't mean it could be anywhere outside of Ireland you know yeah. outside of Dublin sorry um but uh yeah just yeah I think uh it that'll be good and everything like that but on another on the flip side it'd be nice to be able to you know things are great the atmosphere in this office is fantastic there's loads of creativity you know people are it's buzzing. a great office it'd be great to you know we just keep growing it here at that level but it's uh we're gonna have to figure out how to how to do it elsewhere you okay know what I, mean, I think so yeah, yeah makes sense so let's finish on you can take either one of these or both of them okay. so it's uh 2030 yeah what is the headline the aspirational headline for forest and are for ireland yeah. uh in in 2030 since we've talked a lot about both obviously yeah, yeah. um you know what, what what do you want that headline to be for forest 2030 it's the financial times and they're saying yeah. forest silent software um uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like i i'd i would like by 2030 that ireland or forest is talked about in the same breath as other Irish evergreen companies or people like Kerry or CRH yeah. or you know these companies Glambia um, you know like Ryanair yeah Ryanair even if I don't totally agree with everything the way they manage things but in terms of the fact that they are definitely an evergreen business you know um, yeah like companies that that are based out of Ireland that are truly international leaders and they're they're not going anywhere you know what I mean they can do it from here they don't have to be in somewhere in America or wherever to be that you yeah know, to be the largest airline in the world or to be the largest cement company in the world or whatever and I don't think why there's any reason why we couldn't be the equivalent of that in the salon industry you yeah. know so love it so that's what we'd want yeah Kerry Glanvia Forest yeah <laughs> in that line yeah. in that we sentence might, yeah why not right now sometimes but maybe we won't say them at the moment but yeah. <laughs> And what about yeah. for Ireland then? If you want to take a a, a go at that one for me, because you you have such great yeah, I'd love, and oh, no, I'd love, I'd love. Like, there's obviously short term things like housing or whatever, and I'm sure these things will get solved. They just they just take longer than they should, and eventually it'll get fixed. But um, yeah, like it'd be great if Ireland had more companies. Like if the you know the Irish stock market, I don't think there hasn't been like a major company like a, a major brand. IPO in the Irish stock market for maybe 15, 20 years or something. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so um, there has been one or two Irish companies that have IPO'd, obviously, outside of Ireland or whatever, and then been acquired or whatever. So it'd be really nice, I think, to see that we would produce, you know, every five years a company like that in that's the best in the world in something, you know, whatever that is. And then it creates a whole ecosystem around it. And the way that Kerry does, you know, loads of food companies come out of people who work there do you know what I mean yeah um and you know we have an amazing food industry in Ireland and Kerry played a big part in that like even people mightn't realize that you know all the time but there's people who've trained there or been at their research facilities or whatever it is you know or have had the confidence to see it being done and go well, we can do that too and so it'd be nice to, to to have that I think you have a much more solid um base you know 
economy, I think, you know, yeah. if you have that. So it'd be nice to see that. Um, and it's like the it. way, um, you know, a lot of companies, a lot of new companies came out of Iona. When yeah, I, exactly. Iona yeah, Iona was so. lucky so much. Like our, our CTO for years was out of Iona, you know, and we, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. There's a, there was a wave of companies that came out of that. After. Yeah. And it, but it, it didn't, it didn't happen again. Do you know, there wasn't really another Iona, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe so, uh, yeah. with Intercom and yeah. Stripe as a multinational, yeah. but, um, you know, all of these companies that have, you know, R&D here and that are building up, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. we'll get a whole Irish roots. Yeah, slew yeah, yeah. of uh, yeah. new Irish startups that, uh, that go global out of those. Yeah. That's a good aspiration. Yeah. Ronan, thanks a million. No worries. Great to talk to you. Cool. Enjoyed it.